and welcome back to another episode of Grid and Grace Leadership Talks with myself, Kate Taylor. Uh, I'm so excited today because I have an amazing lady that I'm going to share with you all shortly. Um, and she is someone that I have um, placed into a regional manager role recently at Youth in Search. Um, and I've also been networking with her since then um, around her business that she has called Society Queen, where she has leadership and mentoring, coaching there, um, and a podcast too. So I'm really excited to share Jacinta Wells with you today. So welcome, Jacinta. Thank you. Hi, it's amazing to be here. Ah, so glad. We always um, have jokes that we are like twins um, because we both love sharing really positive affirmations. We're always out there online and we all kind of think on the same page. So it's been such a delight to work with you to secure the role that you're in now um, with Youth in Search and also to see all the stuff you're doing online. So yeah, it's been great to uh, talk with you today. So thank you. No, thank you. And it's been absolutely amazing. And, and look, it's an absolute pleasure to connect with you because I think from the first moment that we ever um, spoke on the phone or connected online, um, it was just almost kismet that we came together and had a conversation because every conversation turned out from 10 minutes and goes on for like, could probably go on for 10 hours, I reckon. If, yeah. <laughs> I know, we just clicked. Long. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice. Um, and yeah, and obviously we've never got to meet because you're in Victoria and I'm in New South Wales, yeah. but I feel like we know each other quite well. <laughs> I know. I feel like we, we have already met with the amount of contact that we have and everything that we've done together. But no, it's an absolute pleasure and thanks for having me online today. Oh, thank you for joining us. And yeah, I just really wanted everyone to meet you and kind of hear about yourself and your journey because a lot of people, I've interviewed a few people now who have um, gone out and done private practice or their own businesses um, for my podcast. But what I really also wanted to showcase was um, what it requires to have grit and grace in leadership when you work for someone in an executive role in a not-for-profit. So um, I really like the fact that we could kind of come together and talk a bit about that because I feel like a lot of people, you know, some people, their path is to go out on their own, but others it's to actually work their way up in leadership in another brand. So I thought it'd be really good to showcase um, that as well today. So can you, obviously there's a lot of things you have to do to be successful in your day and to feel like you're kicking goals and can keep doing the work you're doing as a busy working mom. So could you give me a bit of an idea of the things you do um, on your date mornings to set yourself up for success? Yeah, 100%. And I think um, a lot of the things that I've learned over the years have been to ensure that you do actually set yourself up for the day from not just a, um, you know, a professional perspective, but also a personal perspective too. And one of the things that I do um, every morning, um, first thing in the morning is I will literally, I will read through my brain dump that I've had the day before. So generally before I go to end yep. my day. Yep. Okay. So I put together like a brain dump of everything that I know is in my head that I need right. to get out of it before I go to bed. So Good idea. <laughs> I know, because otherwise I'd never sleep, right? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so to reread my brain dump and actually compartmentalise what it is that I need to focus on and what my priorities are for that day. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing is when I sit down at my computer of the morning, it's literally scheduling time to take half an hour, 45 minutes, of my first part of my morning to 
um, catch up on the day events, so the daily right. events. So that might be catch up on the news. It might be, um, you know, catch up on potentially a, a podcast that I've missed that I've yep. been following along because what it actually does is it doesn't just set the tone for my professional day, but it sets the tone for myself personally, mindset-wise yep. and focus-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because I um, found about finding those stolen moments in your routine where you could listen to something and learn. So um, in the mornings when I'm getting ready, I'll often put on a podcast while I'm doing my hair and makeup, getting dressed for the day. Or on the after I've dropped my daughter to school, I have about a 15-minute bus ride, not very long, but I'll quickly pop in their headphones and just start listening yeah. to half a podcast because I'm like, at least it's got something into me for the day. Um, and I feel a lot more inspired by the time I get to the office because I've kind of put all that into my into my well-being, into my psyche for the day. So, yeah, I can appreciate that that would be really good for you too. Yeah, 100%. And I think it gives you that because, you know, I think what we tend to do as leaders on a day-to-day basis is we're, we're constantly putting everyone first, right? Exactly. So we're constantly checking in on our staff, on our clients, our customers, whoever, whoever your cohort may be. And I yeah. think that having those few moments just to be able to plug into yourself, whether it even just be your 15-minute bus ride that you've got, um, yes. you don't actually know how much nourishment you actually provide yourself by just that 15 minutes. Um, it's it's absolutely Yeah. Incredible. Like I notice it when I haven't done it and I kind of come in a bit more clouded. But I think having those moments, even on your way home at night, it's like just putting in something, transitioning, either it's a song or something that would help you um, – kind of go between work and home mode because I find sometimes we can be so distracted with everything going on in our day that when we pick up our kids, we're kind of like half on the phone, half on messages, trying to reply to people while we're picking yeah. up, while I pick up my daughter from after school care. And I sometimes feel like she doesn't get the best of me, right? Because I'm still doing a million things. Yeah. Um, so that kind of transition, just listening to a song or something that kind of helps you in your brain to go, okay, this is off time now. <laughs> like Absolutely. Let's get back into home life, you know. And so, yeah, it is a juggle, but it's looking at those stolen moments, I think, isn't it, to try and set you up for your day. Um, Yeah, I love that. And can you tell us a bit about your career path? Because you've done a few different things. uh, (laughs) And (laughs) to to get to the job you've got now um, as a manager, yeah, for Victoria, like how how have you done it? Uh, look, I look back on my career and go that I've been really fortunate to land some of the roles that I have um, over the time. And, you know, I started off way, way, way back. I've, I did my um, my double degree at uni, um, thought I wanted to go into generalist human resources um, and got my first job out of uni as, you know, as a human resource manager, which was absolutely huge for me at the time. I worked for um, for actually a, a resort in hospitality as their HRM, and wow. it was an amazing opportunity. It really taught me the whole, you know, opportunity to hit the ground running, and it was a really, really good learning curve. I had some great mentors at that time, and from there, I really unpacked the fact that I wanted to specialise in what I was doing. So hence got me into the recruitment industry. So, you know, a fellow um, alumni of the recruitment industry. (laughs) I think that's also why we connected, right? (laughs) 
I think so. And probably the reason that the, you know, the talking happens, but, um, you know, got into the recruitment game. So that was, that was privately and I was doing, you know, a lot of corporate recruitment. So, you know, big, big kind of recruitment drives at that time. Um, and really found that my passion through that came from, you know, I was sat on the other side of the table trying to, um, you know, place a lot of these individuals into roles and found that I spent the majority of my time, um, you know, coaching and mentoring them into certain aspects of their life. So, you know, it might be, you know, how do you actually, how are you going to juggle this role? How are you going to be able to perform this role and be a good, you know, good parent or, you know, be be efficient in what you're doing? Is this actually going to be something you can be doing? So I naturally found that, you know, the, the whole rhythm and cadence of that was coaching and mentoring, right? So yeah. when I got to that point, I went, you know, this is something that I really think I'm good at. I think I'm, you know, actually half decent at this. So I'm going to, I'm going to see what I can do. All right. So I jumped into um, then doing a lot of uh, rehab consulting. So I was doing consulting for individuals who found themselves, unfortunately, having suffered an injury and coaching them through the, the emotional and mental health struggles of, what it's like when you come through, um, you know, having an injury and a mental health concern. So going through that process was, again, really much all about, you know, how you can actually develop an individual to realise and come to the realisation of what it is that they actually already know in themselves. Yeah. So I went through that process and when I got the opportunity to finally step into a leadership capacity um, with one of my first leadership roles is where I really knew I found my niche and that was being able to coach and mentor um, the workflow for staff. So yeah. a lot of the time there's, there's so many different, you know, anomalies that you need to triage as a leader a lot of the time. And yeah. my whole um, philosophy, if you like, is is really about how you can get the best out of the the good people that you've got, not mm-hmm. just necessarily going, this person's not good enough to do this role, I'm going to go and find something better because that's generally never, ever going to happen. So it was all about how do I get the best out of the people that I've got and yeah. that's ultimately where it led me to, you know, working in the community services and social services sector and when I went through a process of, um, you know, gaining a mentor myself, was then going, you know, this is actually something that I could go on and, you know, and really talk about. So sitting down and having conversations, you know, with other inspiring individuals, you know, like yourself, um, <laughs> you know, loads of other, you know, managers, managers and leaders in the industry yeah. to go, do you know what, we need to be doing more for not just females, but males as well, yeah. because there's a lot of yeah. males now tend to get lost um, you know, in the leadership industry, because there are there are a lot of emerging leaders coming through. Um, but the the balance is starting to to even out now. We sort of seem to find that you know the, it was all very much a male dominated kind of um, role in the past was the leadership and the management. Where we're starting to see that even out a real lot now with you know females yeah. obviously coming through as emerging leaders. So. Um, 
the reason I launched, you know, the the Society Queen was when I was made redundant and I wanted to keep, you know, those those muscles toned, um, you know, during my downtime because, you know, I, I can't stop. I'm not, I can't sit still most of my time. So, <laughs> so it was a good outlet for me to still continue on that coaching practice, um, you know, and, you know, impart some of the leadership knowledge I think I've developed over the time. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And um, then also getting into community services a bit more, doing the role that you're doing with Youth in Search, Vulnerable Youth as well, as obviously brings in another aspect to what you can do. So that's obviously been a, you know, I guess um, for people like you who have gone in a different way, not like social worker working their way up, but work mm. their way up to senior management roles, um, mm. how would you, like, what advice would you give to someone that's like, um, maybe wanting to try a different area or they want to get into community services and they're in another area at the moment, what would be the, the way that you'd recommend people to get into it, to get their foot in the door? Like what, yeah, what type of roles or where would you look? What do you say? Look, I think that, you know, the biggest thing is don't, don't kind of pigeonhole yourself. And, yeah. you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I sort of, um, you know, you hear the phrase people sort of say all the time, oh, I just, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I'm stuck in it now. I've fallen into it. I fell into yeah. it. Um, yeah. And I think the biggest like thing. Is, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Or I'm a glutton, glutton for punishment, you know, that sort of thing. Because we tend to use that phrase because we regurgitate through the system, right? So, yeah. but I think the, the thing is, is that don't, don't be afraid to experiment with yeah, okay. different industries and, you know, different skill sets. Don't be afraid to, you know, expose a level of vulnerability in yourself and, and in your skill sets because, you know, the moment that you expose that vulnerability is potentially when you're beginning to actually unlock, um, you know, almost a secret power, if you like, you know, the, you know, being able to really sort of unlock. And that's what I find with, you know, with leaders and even in my role now, you know, working with with youth in search, um, you know, being being sort of a, a manager across Victoria is unlocking the potential in those individuals that I work with and not just the staff but, you know, the, the young people that you come across. Um, yeah. You know, once someone has the ability to show that level of vulnerability, it's not a weakness. It's not a sign of weakness. No. Um, it's a sign that there's a potential to grow and that's yeah. ultimately what it comes down to. Yes, and it's about getting out of your comfort zone, isn't it, to grow? And I think so many people get stuck in a certain path or a career because they think that's what they've always done um, and actually just having that confidence and boldness of like, yeah, but I've learnt so many skills that I can bring across to this role and this is why. Um, yeah. It's that looking for those transferable skills, managing staff, you know, um, dealing with targets, KPIs, all that stuff is what you have to deal with in management yeah. roles, even in not-for-profit. Yeah. So, you know, it's Absolutely. like looking at what transferable skills you have to be able to bring to the table for a potential employer so that they can see, actually, yes, this does cross over and how you can make that work. I think um, articulating mm -hmm. that really well is important isn't it at that interview and that kind of submitting application into roles things like yeah. that um and connecting with people in the industry that you want to work in like on linkedin That's and stuff great. i think it's also important start networking um Absolutely. seeing what's around um and the types of people that are in that field and see if they'll have a chat with you because you never know they might have a virtual coffee with you um oh, and just yeah. pick, their pick their brains and just be like hey i really want to 
do what you're doing yeah. one day, how would I get there? And, you know, what steps would you recommend? And even if it takes five or 10 years, it's fine because you're on a path, right, that you could do That's that. Right. Um, That's right. And, you know, I mean, I think the thing is that it's it's not the, you know, it's it's there's certain, there's certain milestones that you're always going to get to in your career. And, you know, like I had a, um, a female ex-colleague of mine reach out to me via LinkedIn over the weekend and, you know, she's a she's an area manager um, for another organisation at the moment and while she loves what she's doing, she wants to try getting into, you know, to the youth sector, right? Yeah. So she reached out to me and said, do you know what, can you just give me a bit of an idea what would I need to do and yeah. who would I need to speak to? Because at the end of the day, it's trying to pull the resources that you need yes. in the room at that time. So, you know, and, and you know, you and I have had similar conversations. Kate, I know along our journey together is um, coming together now is that, you know, we've had similar conversations about who do I actually need in the room to be able to help me with this? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it doesn't matter if you've got, you know, 50 contributors to that. If each one of those people brings one thing, then you've got 50 new ideas that's going to land you down, you know, potentially to, to actually land what it is that you want. So, um, yeah. you know, it's, don't ever don't ever be afraid to, to open yourself up to showing that level of vulnerability and going, do you know what? I actually need some guidance and direction on what I'm doing right now. Yeah, exactly. I think um, especially if you're someone who's, you know, really good, at, like I'm someone that's networked a lot over the years in running a business for 10 years and you know there's certain people in the recruitment industry for example that I know I can go to if I'm having trouble with something or a challenge yeah. and I know that like you know we may not have talked for a year or two but they would pick up the phone to me and help me you know and um, even through different challenges recently I've been able to connect with a few veterans in the industry and they've just been so supportive and like just giving me their time and their advice. And, um, you know, it's just meant so much to me because it, obviously they've gone through all of that I'm dealing with plus, you know, times 20 because they've been in the field for like 40 years, um, you know, so not 10 like me, you know. So it's definitely great to go to kind of people who are more senior than you in um, the industry you want to work in and kind of say to them, hey, what would you do in my situation? And this is what I'm thinking of doing. And this is what I'm really passionate about, but I'm not sure how to get there. And um, also talking to recruiters like myself who are well-connected in the sector as well, seeing who I've got in my network or what path you'd recommend. I'm happy to have a chat with you as well. Um, and I know Jacinta would be too with her um, side of things with her Society Queen business. So, yeah, it's definitely helpful, I think, to have someone that you can kind of go actually yeah what is it that I um, want to do and how do I get there um, mm -hmm. so that's really important um, and then tell me about um, you know your coaching side of the business that you're doing um, what kind of leadership and coaching and mentoring are you doing with people um, so the the majority of, of coaching and, and mentoring that I do is is majority for individuals who want to get into leadership and, you know, how they actually um, tackle the different expectations and manage the different expectations that come, you know, with being a leader. Sometimes there's, um, you know, those individuals who find themselves in a situation where they really probably haven't explored, you know, and haven't really gone down that, you know, resource and, you know, gathering, hunter-gathering kind of process to get all of that information to understand whether or not leadership is something they want to get into because, yeah. you know, it's, it's 
you know, it's one thing to sort of say, you know what, I want to be in leadership position, I want to get that title, but it's another thing to actually step up to the plate and perform the inherent requirements of what the job actually is. Um, because as I said, you know, there's so many things that on a day-to-day basis you have to triage. So, you know, it's really trying to, um, you know, extrapolate the reasons why, you know, why does, why do you want to get into that? What are the reasons? Okay. What are the, what are the reasons for the reasons, you know, and it's all about, you know, people have this knowledge in their head. They already know the answer to the question. And this Mm. is the thing, right. And this is the one thing I love about, you know, when I went through this initial coaching process and when I went through ACAP and actually did my official accreditation, um, you know, as a coach and mentor was really extrapolating that and pulling out the the social um, psychological thoughts behind people's reasonings for things. And once you actually start to do that and once people actually start to physically write things down and reasons as to why the whys are there, they you they come to the answer themselves you know wow. we, we all have that answer inside us you know it's kind of it's, and it's all about asking the right questions so That's you know and, and when i and i tackle it no differently even with my staff you know um on a day-to-day basis right now it's it's sort of like well okay so what what are you coming to me with you're coming to me with this okay so what would you like to ultimately see achieved from this situation? I would like to ultimately see this. Okay, so this is what you're coming with and this is what you want to achieve. Ultimately, it's about connecting the dots in between. So, and it's understanding the role that you need to play in that. So, but I think, you know, the other big thing too is that senior managers, you know, when we get to a senior management or, you know, an executive manager role, you know, which, you know, myself, I've been in before and and in now, is it's also looking at the next emer- a lot of emerging leaders and those who are almost kind of understudies and up and comers. So, you know, what is it that you can see when you're out on the field that's important to what mm-hmm. we're doing? You know, because they're the ones that are ultimately going to be able to determine the trajectory of where your leadership's going as an executive. You know, if you're an executive in a business, the majority of the time you don't have, you know, say that that level of finger on the pulse of what's actually happening out in the field. But yeah. your people out in the field are the ones that do. So yeah, true. making those constant calls, making those check-ins and asking the questions of, hey, you know, what's actually happening out there, what's going on? is not about, you know, micromanaging the staff. It's actually trying to fact find for yourself so that your trajectory of business is going in the best way. Um, so I yeah. think that to a degree, you know, that's that's the, the grit part, you know, that's, that's the holding on part um, that I think you talk about a lot of the time. It's, you know, it's about not, you know, almost like a dog with a bone, you know, don't, don't kind of let it go. Yeah, and I think it's like that determination, that resilience, that courage to step out and be brave, that courage and vulnerability as well, you know, like being like, hey, guys, I'm also having a rough week, you know, stuff's going on for me, but I'm doing my best to be here for you. Like, and let's just go easy on each other and yeah, I, that's why I brought in a Monday check-in with my staff around well-being and just saying yeah. out of 10, how's your mental health this week, you know, 10 being um, great and one being terrible. And then yeah. you can start to see a pattern, like they don't have to tell you what it is, but you just then see like, is that normal for them to be a seven or is that like a bad week for them? You know, like you yeah. can kind of start to see and then either yourself or someone in the team, you can ask them to check in on them and 
check that yeah. they're okay. Um, and I'm always encouraging them to do something for their mind, body, and soul as well for the week. So what are you doing for your mind, body, and soul? And I get them to tell me and we write it down. Um, yeah. And that's something that I found. Um, I got the idea while swimming before work one day. I In the pool, I had the idea come to me. I was like, how do we, you know, we want people to think of our staff in a holistic way, right? So then yeah. I was like, how do we show that to them? And how do we yeah. show we care? And it's not just about, you know, the figures and the results and that, but it's about them too. And so that's where I, I came up with the idea and it's it's been great to some staff are really open to it. Some are like, why are we doing this? But over time <laughs> they're starting to get the hang of it um, because yeah. they come from cultures where it wasn't actually talked about. Like mental health was never something in their culture that they ever um, valued or thought about it like we do in Australia so um that's been quite a learning curve as well going oh isn't is this foreign to you like and having those open conversations um so yeah so it's been really interesting but yeah I think it's important to harness that yeah without a doubt it is and I think it's um you know I think the other thing is is it's not just doing the check-in and walking away you know it's, it's going okay if someone flags with you that you know there there are two or a three or a four even a five out of ten you know mm-hmm. is is being able to then go okay well what do you think we could do to get you let what what could we get you to get you to six you know yeah. what, what what do you think could happen what could change what could yeah you know what could it be and generally most of the time again you know I come back to the point they know what it is but True. they need to know that someone is there to listen to potentially what that is. And it might be something silly. It might be, do you know what? I haven't taken my dog for a walk in a week and a half because I've been so incredibly busy doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't you do, have you thought about doing this? Have you thought about, you know, well, instead of doing that, you know, that portion of your role at this time of the day, have you thought about doing it at this time of the day? So then you've got half an hour to take your dog for a walk. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it, again, it's helping them sort of problem solve which will ultimately lead them to be able to do that themselves. And that's what, you know, that's what coaching and good leadership is all about. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's um, I think so often people just need someone to give them a bit of accountability or support because, like, we would um, obviously share as a team what we're doing and then the next week when we check in, we're like, did you do it? Like, how did it go? And, like, and if one of us is having a bad day and, oh, like, I'm really busy with so many things going on and the girl's like, you committed to going to the personal trainer today, Kate. Like, he's expecting you. And, like, I'll be like, oh, I really don't feel like going. And then I'll go and I feel so much better for it. And I'm like, why did why do we resist what's good for us? yeah exactly I know I know because I think that that the reason that we do that is because the it's it's ultimately it's we're the ones that are stood there going you shouldn't be doing that what are you what are you doing that for like why are you going to the personal why are you bothering going to the personal trainer because you only went for a week last time and then you stopped and then you took a break for a month you know, why are you doing that? So we think that other people are saying these things or, you know, it's, you know, it's when you go out, you know, you go out there and you'll go out in your bathing suit and you'll jump in the pool, you know, and you'll kind of be going, you shouldn't be wearing that bathing suit. That doesn't, that's not flattering. That's not flattering. Why are you wearing goggles? Um, You know, but in actual fact, it's the person inside yourself. It's that old. Yeah. Oh, critic. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's no one else out there that's worrying about that. They're too worried right. about the fact that, you know, themselves. They're, themselves. <laughs> they're worrying about how they look in their own goggles, not how you look. Yeah, um, exactly. 
So, you know, ultimately it comes back to us being our own worst enemies when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think we have to think as well around that self-talk is like, is what I'm saying, would I say that to my best friend or my mum or sister? Like, would you or your own child, like the comments you're making to yourself, like would you ever dare say that to them? No. So why are you saying it to yourself? Like, you know, um, and it's just that check-in, I guess, and reminder like, hey, you're being really self-critical now. Like just like step back a little bit and um, you're doing the best you can with what you're dealing with. And I think we have to remind ourselves, you know, to kind of, that that grace side of leadership being kind to ourselves when we're having a rough week or having a tough time and doing the preventative measures that help us um keep going um and keep us sustained like we were saying and so i guess that would lead me into what um well-being and mental strategies do you have in place to help you as a leader in your week what do you do at the moment yeah, so look, I'm um, I'm very big on, I've always got um, in, you know, if I'm working from home, I've always got my, um, you know, like my little Buddha statues, and I should have bought one, but always got my little Buddha statues there, which I, you know, I will constantly kind of be, you know, playing with, um, you know, if I'm really needing to contemplate something and I'm writing, you know, maybe an intense document or something like that. And it's almost just like having that something in my hand grounds me and yeah. it's, it's that level of that physical that physical touch. Um, you know, I've always got a set of weights underneath my desk. Um, oh, and I've got okay. a resistance band. Yeah, so I've always got a resistance band um, under my desk. And, you know, if I'm sat on a, on a webinar, for example, which is one which is not a camera one, it's just an information session or something, I will actually, I will actually stand up from my desk and I will actually, you know, use my resistance band because not only does it help me, you know, exercise my muscles, but it also releases, you know, that, that feel good hormone in me as well. Then it has that, you know, it has that dopamine effect, you know, um, I'm very big with my meditation always. Um, so, you know, I will have meditative music going on in the background. Um, you know, I'll have incense burning, you know, there's certain smells as well, you know, for me, you know, like some people sort of say certain smells, you know, bring them to a place, you know, I think smell is is a really, really underrated thing. Um, and, you know, I think having that for me in my environment makes me feel safe, makes me feel grounded and secure. Um, you know, but also having those check-ins each day with my with my team um, also brings me a, a satisfaction of, in my mindset because if I know that they're okay, then I'm okay. Um, okay. And I think that that's, you know, because I have, you know, people who will do that for me, so I will have people who check in on me. Yeah. Um, if I do that checking in on other people, then I know that, they're going to go and do that for other people as well. So, you know, yeah. I think, you know, they're small things. Um, they probably don't work for everybody, but if they work for me, if they can work for other people, then that's great. But, you know, ultimately everyone's got their own way. Yeah, no, that's great. I think it's so important to, um, yeah, my PT was trying to encourage me with that. He gave me one of those stretch band things and he was <laughs> like, because um, we're sitting down so much and we're slouching, I yeah. find that I get 
really tighten the shoulder blades and the neck. Yeah. And so yeah. he's given me this band to be able to like stretch because <laughs> um, like while I'm on a call or something, just to try and like get yeah. myself a bit more active and more that stretching um, the body because we get stuck at our desk all day. Um, so that's something that I've um, started doing as well. And um, also trying to do walk and talk meetings. So yeah. I have two days a week where my daughter does gymnastics um, and it's, not convenient to go drop her off and then go back to the office. So what I do is I have like an hour before at four to five o'clock before it gets dark. And I've been doing my calls for the day, yes. um, catching up with clients or um, staff or whoever. And then I'm yes. literally like in the park, walking around doing laps. And because yes. I'm just determined, I'm like, today's the day I'm going to do 10,000 steps. So I've got my I'm Apple saying. watch and, and I just end up at the time goes so quick. Um, one, um, I usually get about 45 minutes to an hour in, which I would never normally make time to do, but because I'm getting my work calls in, it's kind of ties in that it's fine. And yeah. then I actually get more creative ideas while I'm walking, like when they're chatting yeah. with people and I don't know, the flow just comes because you're, and it's not a stressful walk. It's not like up hills or anything, um, no. but it's just keeping my body moving. Um, yeah. it, I found it's been really good for my well-being as well. So um, yeah. looking at your routine and if it's a work from home day, maybe going, all right, after I drop the kids to school, can I go for a walk then? Or at lunchtime, I'm going to purposely go for a walk outside because otherwise you just get stuck inside all day long and it's, oh, it's a drag. So oh, looking at it is. Yeah. yeah, where you can put it in your routine. Um, that's mm. not going to be like, oh, I have to get to a gym class on a Tuesday at this time. Yeah. And then it's so easy just to go, oh, it's too hard, I'm not going to go. But if yeah. it's something you're already doing, like taking your kid to sport, or while they're doing their football training or soccer training, you go yeah. do go for a walk too. Like I yeah, think because my daughter's doing professional gymnastics now. And so yeah, she does. She's amazing. She's absolutely oh. super <laughs> yeah, she's uh, just uh, nailed it, got a gold um, for her state trials on the weekend. So we're very proud of her. Yeah. And uh, she's only seven, but she is training 12 hours a week. And she puts us all of our fitness to shame because how a seven-year-old <laughs> can do that is incredible. Um, but each time she trains, I'm like, no, I must do an hour of something. Like whether it's yeah. going to a gym class or it's going for a walk, I feel like I need to do something. And so last, she does Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, right? So now I found I'm really enjoying outdoor walks. So um, yeah. on last Saturday, I actually called a friend who lives um, near Bondi Beach and I drove over to see her after I dropped Emma to gym and we walked for an hour and a half up the coastal beach walk and yeah. it was just the best thing to do to start your weekend. I was like, I can't believe I don't haven't thought to do this. So I think each yeah. Saturday now I'm going to go over there and do a walk at 8.30 in the morning and just get that walk in yeah. for the day um, and yeah. just kind of make it me time rather than feeling like, oh, I'm waiting around for her for hours. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I, look, it's not, you know, it's not the first time that, you know, I think the days that I'm working from home, um, you know, I know for me, like, I, I, I mean, I'm the same, Kate, I've got, you know, like I've, I've told you, I've got three kids, you know, um, even though one's, you know, I mean, one's coming up to be 18 in, in you know, in a matter oh, of days. Wow. Um, I know. So, you know, there's lots of times where, you know, he is out doing soccer training. So he's very similar. He does soccer training. He does matching, um, all of that kind of thing. You know, my girls, um, you know, love for me to pick them up on certain days of the week from school and all of that sort of thing. You know, so, you know, my drive in the car, 
um, you know, for example, to go and pick my girls yes. up from school is, you know, time where I'll catch up on phone calls. And then when I get to the school, I'll always get there generally about 15 minutes early and I'll actually get out of my car and I'm exactly the same and I'm on my phone. I'll yeah. be returning phone calls and yeah. I will literally be walking around the car park at the school yeah. um, you know, doing those kinds of laps because it's, you know, and I think the thing we we need to stop making these sorts of things so overcomplicated, you know. Yeah. You don't have to go and join a gym or you don't have to go and, you know, sign up to this or sign up to that. You know, you've got everything right at your disposal. I think yes. it's just it's more about prioritising and being creative about how you do it. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've, I'm on a board, um, you know, I'm on a, a board of management at the moment with another organisation and, you know, the amount of times where I've had to stay home, I haven't been able to physically be there because I've got the kids. Um, but what I will do then is, you know, if I'm cooking dinner for them is I'll actually be on the Zoom call on my phone with my pods in and I'm cooking dinner for the kids at the same time because it's productive for me. So I'm on my feet. I'm not sat in front of the computer. You know, I'm out of the, I'm out of my home office. You know, it's about being creative with, with how we do these things, right? Like, you know, smarter. we start to work smarter. Yeah. <laughs> smarter, not harder. And, you know, you t and then we start to actually, and that's where we've gotten ourselves to a stage where, you know, we, we've normalised the way that we conduct business now. You know, we've yes. normalised, you know, doing Zoom calls. We've normalised, you know, doing Teams calls in the middle of a cafe somewhere or something like that. Um, yeah. Everyone does it. Like it's it's just the norm. So I know, and it's so good now that we can have kids in the background, and it's not like the, people won't get too upset. Like um, no. I just I'll never forget in COVID lockdown, um, I had a client, a CEO of an organisation in Northern Territory, and um, my daughter, we, like they didn't have the lockdown that we had in like Vic in New South Wales, but we had no. like four months of lockdown. I remember in 2021, and this time two years ago, it keeps popping up on my Facebook feed. Like this time two yes. years ago, I'm like, please don't remind me of two years ago. I know. Do you really want to remember that? Like, seriously, what a marker in time, right? I know. But it was like, wow, we did that for 14 weeks. We homeschooled our child while working and running our business. Um, yeah. And I remember the CEO being annoyed that my daughter popped in in the background and thought it was so unprofessional because we were interviewing for this GM role. And and I remember going, he, I was a bit put out off because I was a bit shocked that he was so like that. And then it made me realize, I'm like, they don't get it. Like they don't get what we're working with here. And the fact oh. that I can't actually physically send her to school, like we're not allowed. Like yeah, I just remember right. thinking, wow. And then to see now where it's like socially acceptable to, you know, um, instead of having your lunch break, just jumping, you know, jumping out at three to pick up your kid and come back and log back in, like is now become okay and, you know, being yeah. that kind of work from home so that on the days that I have to take her to gymnastics, I'm available and I can get that yeah. that commute time in that I'd be going to the office, I can spend that time working. Absolutely. It's about being smarter, right, with your time and um, and making it work for you. And it's about that. I was talking to someone about the other day. It's not about um, having set clock off and clock off time for me, on and off time for me. It's more around integration. Yeah. So for me, it's yeah. about having the flexibility in my week so that, um, I can take my daughter to to gymnastics and mm -hmm. um, or swimming and not feel like oh it's interrupting the day. But then yeah. I don't mind logging in at night every now and again to fix catch up on things or on a Saturday morning while my daughter's at gym anyway, sitting there catching up and planning for the week. 
for a few hours while I'm on my own. I may as well. Like, and for me, I don't resent that. I don't get annoyed by that. But for me, it actually, it makes me happy because I can balance it all um, and have that integration that works for me in my routine. Um, But yeah, a lot of people like the whole have that cutoff time. And, you know, Mm. I'm really conscious about 6 to 8 p.m. trying to be present for my child. And then after that, I can log in and do what I need to do right. And I think that's is getting that balance right that works for you and your family. Yeah, um, absolutely. So absolutely. important. <laughs> oh, without a, doubt. without a doubt. And I think it's great that, you know, there's so many more employers nowadays and, and you know, business entrepreneurs and leaders who have embraced the change that, you know, we, we have gone through as an organisation. And, you know, look, I, I know with, you know, Youth in Search, where I am at the moment, for example, you know, we're very much the same. You know, we... Remote, you know, remote working, yeah. Know, yeah, well, we literally are. We're we all, all are. Pretty much most of us are. Um, certainly in Victoria, we are. You know, um, we don't have a fixed office somewhere. We work virtually. Um, you know, and we work out in community, so we're embedded yeah. in, in locations and support. So, um, you know, because at the end of the day, life doesn't run between nine to five. You know, yeah. it doesn't. Life's not going to stop between nine and five for things to happen. <laughs> um, oh, I know. You know, the amount of it's just like you know, if 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 you know. If if school calls or, you know, if someone calls and someone's had an accident or something's happened, you know, um, there's been a family emergency, you've got to go and do it. That's just life. It doesn't stop just because, you know, we're, we're, we're parents or families or, um, you know, leaders or entrepreneurs or anything like that. It doesn't stop. So I think we need to, you know, get sort of rid of this whole, um, you know, thought process that remote workers are unproductive workers because that's generally not the case. No. Um, that needs to that's certainly something which needs to be um you know kind of eradicated in the thought process I think nowadays yeah definitely and I am yeah I think it's so important to juggle that balance now and I guess society's definitely changed and that whole what the remote workforce I'm actually setting up some remote mm. staff at the moment for tailor care and that's been um, a real interesting shift for me as a leader and a business owner to go oh you're not going to be in the office with me um, physically every day and how does that going to look and how do I support you differently um, and yeah. yeah it's definitely the new normal I guess um, and is there some tips that you've kind of found have worked for you with managing remote teams how what would be your because that just came to me that you would probably be doing this all the time. So how do you, yeah, what tips have you got to kind of help them feel supported without kind of micromanaging them, so to speak? And that's the thing. That's the big thing, right? You've hit it there because it's, you know, the the difference between, um, you know, remote managing a team remotely and micromanaging, um, there's a bit of a fine line, right? Because you can come, come across as though you're micromanaging. But I think it's, you know, it's setting the the tone for accountability that, you yeah. know, the, the staff, you know, have their routine. They know what they need to do, okay? All, all yeah. of the staff know what they need to do each and every day that they come in. Now, if those things are being met each and every day, then they're being productive with their time. You don't yeah. need to micromanaging them. But, you know, like, for example, simple things like, you know, I've, I created a Teams chat for us, you know, and every morning I'll check in with the team 
and yeah. I'll say good morning to the guys. You know, the guys will say good morning to me. Um, you know, we'll generally I'll hear and check in with them, you know, by phone once a day and say, hey, are you going okay? Is everything all right? Do you need anything from me? You know, yeah. is there anything you need from me? What can I do to help support you through your day? Um, but I think it's really making them feel because the to a degree that the trust is only there to be broken, right, in that situation. Mm -hmm. So I think if the staff, are, you know, and individuals are understanding at the get-go of what your expectations are and you're not there to micromanaging them but you are there to support them, yeah. then that's when you're going to get the best from them. You know, yeah. having that level of, of micromanaging is actually going to eradicate most forms of productivity that you're going to see from staff because that's when you start to see staff will, you know, go AWOL, their to-do lists will blow out of the water, um, you know, you won't see them online, so you'll see them have been inactive because they begin to naturally hibernate and procrastinate because they've mm. got that fear of showing up. So they've True. got that fear of retribution. So if you're able to show that support but take away yeah. that feeling like people are being managed, you know, micromanaged, then yes. you're actually starting to make them feel empowered so they start to actually take more accountability and they'll actually take more on so yeah. it's you know it's actually showing that that we trust them that you, you know you've got trust in them to do what they need to do and yeah. if they're not able to commit to what it is that they need to do then all they need to do is check in with you um yeah. you know same goes for me with you know with my manager you know it's nothing for me to to sort of you know get on the phone to him and sort of say hey listen this has come up, you know, this has happened, I need some, you know, some support or some help with this. Or do you know what, have you got time for a chat? No problems. Yeah. Um, so it's, it again, it's just finding out what communication strategy works for each individual because everyone's completely different. Yeah, I've been trying a few different things like um, when, because obviously some English second language, some of them because they're overseas, so yes. I've been trying to think of different creative ways to communicate with them because I was worried that maybe my accent or something is hard for them to, and I speak fast, maybe they're <laughs> missing points or something. Um, so I started like following up with emails. Um, we're yes. just like explaining, it takes a bit more time, but I found that at least it's clear what I'm trying to say so they can digest it in their own way. Um, yeah. The other idea is I found that if they're a bit quiet as well, doing a one-on-one -on -one tends yeah. to get them to open up a bit more, I've been finding. Yeah. Um, yeah. In a group setting, they're not going to talk unless they're asked. But if you kind of get them one-on-one, -on -one, then they go, oh, I can mm. talk to you now. So yeah. um, I'm going to be bringing that back in because I think uh, when we're in the office, we'd see each other a lot. So now that we're remote, some of us, I'm going to start bringing in the one-on-one -on -one weeklies instead of monthly because mm. I think it's probably going to yeah. help me connect with them a bit more and see yeah. where they're at. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, and, you know, we've got, um, for example, you know, I, I mean, I started up with my guys is that, you know, we've got a one note, you know, message and communication book, you know, which is online. So ah. we've all got access to it in the team and we can just drop notes into it, you know, so yeah. we can drop a note into it or a message for one of us and we can okay. tag the person in it. So they'll get notification, yeah. but it's there so they know what they need to do. Um, you know, and again, as long as all of that sort of, all of those communication channels are being recognised and supported, then, you know, we've got, we've got so much technology nowadays that there's really not much that we can't do remotely. Let's face no, it. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? How we can it recruit is. like all over Australia and not ever meet people and still be able to get our job done. I remember 
when I first yeah. started recruiting this way, clients were like, how are you going to, how's, what if the connect's not who they say they are? And I'm like, well, at the end of the day, you're meeting them, not me. So yeah. as long as you're happy, like, that's what matters. Like, doesn't matter if yeah. I've met them. Um, if anything, I think it saves a lot of unconscious bias that I can, that a recruiter yeah. could bring by meeting someone face to face. I think um, sometimes, I mean, Teams is great as our backup option, but, um, yeah. you know, yeah. I think it's important, like just having that kind of raw chat on the phone and screening them mm -hmm. actually gets a lot out of them. And you listen to their tones of voice, the way they say things, the way, I don't know, I just pick up different cues from people when it's verbal, not yeah. just visual. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah. thanks so much for this um, chat. It's been so good. And to finish off, I'd love to know what's your favourite quote um, that you help that you think brings grit and grace in leadership or life? Oh, my favourite quote. You know what? There's, um, there's lots of quotes really, to be honest with you. But, you know, I think... Um, I think that probably the biggest one for me is that you don't you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And because and there's nothing wrong with that. So, yeah. you know, it's it's so incredibly simple to go, you know what, I, I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to do that. Um that's okay because you don't need to know everything. And you're yep. not going to know everything because everything changes so dramatically. So much. But, you know, in leadership, I think, you know, one of the biggest kind of, and I've actually got it, um, you know, stuck up on my wall is that, you know, the the struggle is seasonal, but the yep. lessons are always lifelong. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's so yeah. good. That sums it up beautifully. <laughs> it does, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> So, you know, whether you're in leadership, whether you're, you know, field staff, whatever job you're doing, whatever it is, you know, even just in life in general, you know, we, everyone goes through so many struggles, you know, from day to day, you know, whether yeah. it be health, whether it be family, whether it be personally, um, you know, whether it be professionally and you're struggling in your role, um, yeah. that's not going to last forever. Um, no. But whatever you take from that situation is ultimately what's going to help you move past it. Yeah, I love that. No, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Um, and how could people get um, in touch with you if they'd like to connect with you? Um, so, well, connect, connect with me. Well, I'm on Facebook um, under my my full name. I'm on LinkedIn yep. as well. Um, if people would like to reach out to me on my podcast page, um, it's on Anchor FM, um, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Yep. Um, so they can find me under um, Society Queen underscore X. And I'm also on Instagram and TikTok as well under both the same name. So okay, you can uh, always drop me a DM if need to. Thank you. That's awesome. Thanks for your time today. I loved our chat.
thank you so much for tuning in today. I know it was a bit of a longer one, but I felt like there was so many pearls of wisdom um, and just so much about grit and grace in life and leadership and how we juggle it all as working women and mums and business people. So hopefully that was helpful to you. If you could please like and share um, with us, that would help us um, so much. And we appreciate you tuning in and look forward to seeing you next week.